0: Hi, I'm Breck. And I'm Sally. And we're two friends that wondered why it was so hard to make friends
1: as we got older. Join us each week on Bask in Friendship as we explore friendship themes and tips on forging better bonds. We believe female friendships are going to save the world. Welcome back to bask in friendship. It's hard to believe we're nearly halfway through 2021. As you listen to this Breck, are you feeling like this year is operating at that snail's pace or quick rabbit's
0: pace? I think it depends on the day. Uh, I guess this is an example of like the days are slow, but the years are fast. Oh yeah, I'm I'm actually totally on that rabbit
1: pace most days. Um, It was just January, and now it's nearly six months into the year. This time of year always spins me into questions about what I haven't haven't done, if I had any resolutions, how I'm doing, what I want to do before the end of the year. The
0: list goes on. How about you? Any thoughts this time of year? I do love spring, and I love like that early summer, and it feels like in some ways the year's just starting because like things are just blooming and there's something like it feels kind of new, like the new seasons. So I do like to do like a goal check-in and kind of look at ways to see, am I where I thought I would be? Um, and I had a resolution to bullet journal and I, in all earnestness, only started bullet journaling. So <laughs> that that has uh, helped to tackle some some downstream goals that I had for the rest of the year. So hopefully that will help. Hmm.
1: You know, I I think like most people think about leading a healthy life um, when they think about resolutions and, you know, bullet journaling being being an example of that healthy life or that routine or uh, feeling of accomplishment um, that you want to bring into your life. Um, There's some data around this. 164 million people make New Year's resolutions and only 19% of them fulfill that, whatever that goal was. Within two years, so maybe because you just started, you're actually doing really well. Um, And you know, the top things that they want to improve: they exercise more, save money, eat more healthy, lose weight, focus on their spiritual growth. So a lot of that, you know, have to do with being healthier in just a variety of ways. Does does any of that resonate with you? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think it does, and I I also think it's like a very universal experience to want to always strive for improvement. Especially in those areas of your life that you can control. So I think like you can control your physical body, your spiritual body. That part makes a lot of sense to me. And I think it's reflected in my own goals.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it it obviously also kind of reflects like the individualism of the goals. But what, what I saw also in, in looking at this list is something that's noticeably absent, which is improving relationships. And I'm wondering if that's just because people don't think they can resolve to make relationships better, since they inherently take two people. We talk about relationships being two-way streets a lot. Um, or maybe improving relationships falls just lower on the list below, you know, losing weight, exercising more, et cetera. Or maybe even people don't think they can actually, you know, get there, meet, you know, meet new friends, grow deeper
0: friendships. You know, the list goes on maybe that's just too hard. What what do you think? Yeah, I think you touched on it. I think it's difficult to resolve to improve a relationship when you can only be responsible for one side of it. Um, And that could be challenging to when you can only do so much, right? It's hard to check off that box because as much as I want to be your best friend this year, if you're not there with me, I can't check that box. Um, And to your other point, I think people realize the importance of friendships maybe on a larger level and that you can control the effort you're willing to put in. And that might be a better measurable goal, which is I'm going to call three friends this week and spend an hour and spend an hour after work instead of scrolling, calling people.
1: Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, maybe we should just bring in an expert to talk about this and, and help us think through building and leading a healthier life and how that relates to friendships. Let's get another opinion. What do
0: you think? I think we should do it. Today, we're so excited to hear from Michaela Davis. She's a health coach with a master's degree in public health. She's got lots to share about leading a healthier life.
2: Michaela, hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: We are so glad you're here.
1: Um, Please tell us more about your public health work, why you're a health coach, and, and anything more about the work that you do.
2: Yeah. So I worked in international public health for the last 10 years and pivoted more recently into health coaching. And my public health work was incredible. I loved it. I worked in India and Haiti and Australia and all different places with populations on all sorts of different things, HIV AIDS work, water sanitation. But what really drew me to, uh, to health coaching work was the ability to work more individually with people. That's the work I love the most, is when I got to be in communities working with people and actually seeing how the, the bigger projects we were working on affected personal health. So now I yeah, work one-on-one with clients, working in health coaching, which is really just about helping people live happier and healthier lives on their terms. So what actually works for you? So um, my master's in public health was in... I specialized in behavior change. And so really it's about kind of figuring out what works for you, how you can create those behaviors in your life to get to where you want to go. And that might be in in terms of physical health, but it might be in terms of all the other aspects of health, which are just as important. So mental health, spiritual health, the health of your relationships, so many different aspects of it.
0: That's so cool. And we love that you're helping women not only with, like, their mindfulness and, like, different individual factors of health, but also, like, creating habits. I find that so fascinating based on what we're talking about. And it's so important to what we were talking about, like, resolutions, creating healthier habits. Do you have thoughts about people making resolutions, or is this something that they should integrate for any old reason?
2: Do you have any thoughts on that? Ooh, and resolutions. Yeah. I mean, I think... So there's something really powerful about making resolutions. I think we like to, as human beings, start things like new beginnings, right? So you like to start on a Monday or we like to start in the new year. And I think there can be something really powerful to that. I also do think when I think about behavior change or when I think about creating a life that you want to live, consistency is way more important than intensity, So what you do every single day really creates the trajectory of your life more than what you do once in a while. So I think solutions can be really wonderful if you keep that in mind, (laughs) that you want to be consistent with it. You want to pick something that actually that you'll actually stick with versus kind of those bigger, intense goals, which is what I think most people tend to do. Right. Do you think there's like a fine line between like um, a
0: stretch goal? Like, do you do you have a thought? It's like, is a little bit of a progress enough? Or because I think sometimes people are like, I'm gonna just overhaul my entire life tomorrow. <laughs> like, where's that fine line? Do you find that people can can achieve
2: that feels an, like enough of a challenge? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a that's a hard one because I think it's so different for different people, right? When I'm when I'm working with clients, like really the biggest piece of advice I can give people around this is you start small, like smaller than you think that you even want to be. So, it's, so most people do want to overhaul their entire lives. And then that just gets overwhelming. You're like, I want to eat better. I want to like call my grandma every Sunday. I want to go running. I want to do this and this and this and this and this, and then suddenly it compounds and then you do none of it. Right? Whereas if you kind of just focus, on, I want to eat better what is that going to look like? Maybe it just means adding a new vegetable every week. And maybe, you know, just make those goals. You can overhaul your entire life if you want to, but can you do it in a way that's actually sustainable? And you're looking at smaller pieces rather than these kind of huge overhauls that are just so hard to stick to and just don't feel good when you're trying to do it. Yeah. And like to your
1: point about consistency rather than intensity, it sounds like adding in consistently over time, rather than all the things, all the extremes in one go to consistently change and evolve and make your life completely overhauled. seems like um, just bit by bit. Um, so what habits have you found in working um, with women that they really want to focus on is, is friendship in there at all? Like what comes up for you? If you could shed some insight into working with some of your clients.
2: Yeah. So really, again, it's so, it's so varied. And different based on what people are going through. But if you think, if I think about my clients and sort of the habits that come up the most, I mean, there's a lot of stuff around being healthier, eating healthier, kind of hitting certain fixed goals in your life or certain, you know, even competitions people are working towards. But then there's a lot of goals that are really around mindset, like shifting mindset, um, showing up in a different capacity in your relationships or be it. Not necessarily just friendships, but even like work relationships or family relationships and kind of spending spending some time and effort figuring out how to be more mindful in those in those areas of your life. So I can't say like goals have come up specifically around improving friendships or or working on them in that way, but certainly goals around improving relationships in your life, working on building community. Um, And kind of finding that mindful space to be able to do it in a way that feels right for the person and then also allows them to show up for others in a way that feels good there too.
1: Mm -hmm. And that that leads really well and nicely into um, this beautiful framework you've built and worked around um, the seven habits for a healthier life. Can you share those with our listeners?
2: Yes. So for my public health work um, and just with clients as well, I kind of have thought through these seven habits that I think are really essential to leading a happier and healthier life. And so some of them seem very obvious, but then there's a couple that I think we we don't pay enough attention to. And so they are sleep, nutrition, movement, mindfulness, community, purpose, and my favorite one, which is play. Yeah. Yeah. And so some of them, so like nutrition, movement, and sleep, I think generally we all kind of think about those as important things to lead a healthier life, right? You want to make sure you're eating well, make sure you're getting enough sleep. And when I think of movement, it's not necessarily, I think movement and exercise get confused a lot. Um, When I say movement, I, I mean actual movement. So like actually moving more throughout the day. Um, because with exercise, like that's important too, but again, with, um, the idea of intense and, uh, the idea of consistency being more important than intensity, it's the same with movement, right? If you just work out three times a week for one hour, that's not going to be long-term as good for you as if you move more throughout the day, every day in some way. So when I think about movement, that's what I think about there. Mindfulness really is about just finding presence. So that's that whole mindset shift I was talking about earlier that a lot of my clients are working towards and finding that space between reacting and responding. And so often we think of mindfulness and immediately think meditation. And that's definitely part of it. Like if you like to meditate, that's great. But that's not necessarily what mindfulness has to be. It can be going for a long walk without your phone it can be washing your hands and maybe taking a moment to notice. What does the soap smell like? What does the water feel like? What am I hearing right now? So it's really about finding presence more so than, you know, how, having to sit for five hours on a cushion meditating and kind of practicing that in your life. So that I think, and that's really important because that ripples out into your relationships, and how you respond to people and to how you re, like, respond versus react, lots of different areas of your life. Then, when we come to the other pieces, community is super important. And there's a statistics that's going around that says something about how um, loneliness, I think it was like, is equal to smoking 15 cigarettes a day or something along those lines. And so really there is a huge epidemic of loneliness. And I think we don't realize just how important our community and our people are. And it's not so much that you need to have this huge community around you, but when I think about this, it's really about how can you foster the community you have more. And so often that could be something so simple, like texting a friend or picking up the phone and calling your mom or grandma or whoever it might be. But really, it's not just enough to have the community, you have to keep fostering it in some way. And I think that's the piece that we often don't spend enough time or make a habit of doing. Purpose is really just about what lights you up. And I think this one I always get a lot of questions about because I think people are think you have to have this huge life purpose, like why you're put on this earth. And it becomes very stressful when you think about it like that. It doesn't have to be like that. It's more just about what lights you up. And are you doing enough of that? And that could be something really big. It could be something huge. It could be something small. Maybe writing poetry lights you up and that's your purpose right now. And it can shift, but really having some sense of purpose in your life is important, whether it's big or whether it's small, just something that lights you up, that makes you feel alive, that that has like ignites that passion in you. And then my favorite one is play, which I think as adults, we forget to do. And if you look at kids, if you just look at kids, they're the most amazing case study of playing in the entire world. Like kids can play anywhere and they can play with anything, like give a kid a box and they will just sit with it for for like five hours and just suddenly the box is a castle and then it's like a hospital and then it's just all these magical things, right? And as adults, we lose that. And so really I think play is so important and scheduling time in to play. And what play is, is just unstructured, time that is not related to work or your to-do list or like any other things that have to happen in your life. It's really just about freedom and just having fun and not having all those other things binding you. So a personal example is I've started rollerblading and I'm not good at it and I'm not doing it to become like a rollerblading champion. It's purely fun and joyful and I fall a lot and I I schedule in my rollerblading time to make sure I'm playing enough. So kind of those, that's the framework and the things that I think are important to spend time on to to lead a happier and healthier life um, and make sure that you're focusing on in some way. Wow, this
1: is
2: beautiful, Michaela. I'm, I'm,
1: yeah, I think all of our listeners are like, okay, I want to do it all. Like I'm furiously taking notes. Um, do you have any suggestions for our listeners on just how to make the decision of where to dive in? So if there's these seven areas and I already feel like five could really use some attention, like how do I take the first baby step? What, how do I make that decision?
2: Yeah. So I think the first, the first thing that would be most important is to figure out with clients, I always start with your why, like figuring out why something's important to you, right? So, so this is a framework that I think is useful, but you want to get really clear on your why. So if you're looking at these areas and you're like, okay, five of them I can work on, why are those important? What, what, what about those five things are important for you? And and then just kind of going from there and seeing, okay, out of those five, you figured out what's important about them. And then which seems like most attainable right now to start to work on, right? Because the reality is just like I said, like a couple of minutes ago, you can't overhaul your whole life at once, right? You can't like clean up your eating and call everyone and play and like do all these things, then it becomes stressful. So just thinking, looking at your life, figuring out your why, like, why is this important? And where do I actually have time and capacity to start working on this in a small way um, would be a good place to start.
1: Just being very realistic. Yeah. It's like that idea that getting a little, uh, some small wins under your belt, too. Like, okay, I, I bought the rollerblades. I went out one time. Whew, okay, all right, I got this. I could do this again next week.
2: Yes. Small wins are like that is the key to behavior <laughs> change and to, to, I like to call it behavior design. It's more about like designing the life that you want to be living more so than it is like changing who you are, right? And those small wins help you, help you continue to do that because you're not going to do something that makes you feel terrible. And those wins are kind of what propel you to keep. So yeah, getting those small wins under your belt, whatever they might be. Can you talk
0: a little bit more about um, people celebrating and like acknowledging the little wins? Because I know I have some people in my life I know who, The big goal is, you know, long way down the road and it's little by little, but how important do you think it is to like
2: celebrate mini milestones or, or how do you suggest people kind of go, go about that mindset? So important. I'm like a huge proponent of it. You should celebrate everything. You should celebrate everything big or small and a celebration. I think also. I think we have this idea of what a celebration is, right? Like a celebration is like a big thing and like it's only for the big milestones. Like we celebrate weddings and we celebrate birthdays, right? But did you celebrate waking up and like getting out of bed this morning? (sighs) Probably not, right? But maybe that's hard for you to do. Did you celebrate waking up before your alarm clock? Probably not, but that probably is also hard to do. So kind of building in celebration for these little moments is super important too, but Celebration doesn't have to be this huge thing every time, right? Even checking things off a to-do list is like a mini celebration. Um, what else? A small dance in your kitchen when you're done the dishes. <laughs> that's that's a celebration. Calling your best friend and telling them, I went rollerblading today and it was awesome. Celebration. Um, so you can really make it into something that works for you and that feels good. But the whole point is to attach that, that emotion to the, the behavior you're creating or changing or working on so that you will come back and continue to do it. So whether that's the high, f- high fiving yourself in the mirror after you've done your entire 20 step skincare routine, or, <laughs> or it's like dancing in the kitchen after you've done all the dishes, like just a little moment of celebration and acknowledgement that you did the thing.
1: I have a total, totally relatable moment for this. So I think it was last year might've been the year before I was determined. I'm going to make my bed every day. Like I had grown up with that custom and then somewhere in probably college dropped that. Um, also, it's like hard to make a top bunk bed. Let's all be honest. Um, and I just never like picked it back up, but I hated a messy bed. And like, I would like close a door and not want to look at it. Um, And it took months for me to like really adopt the habit. And then since moving, it's been like every single day. And I just pause in our bedroom sometimes. And I'm just like, I did this. Like it is beautiful in here because like the bed is made, the sheets are clean, like Yay. Like it took me, you know, three freaking decades, four decades to get to this point, but I'm going to celebrate this. And it takes like two minutes a day. Also side note, if no one's making their bed out there, like it takes two minutes and it feels really good. And you can just
2: enjoy the moment every day. Yeah. That, so that's a habit I started during quarantine, actually making my bed every day. And, I remember at the beginning I was, cause I never, I used to make it sometimes it was haphazard, but I always wanted to be that person too. And I'm like, we we'll just make this room feel nicer. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's like that little moment of celebration, admiring it, taking a second. I did that thing. And I agree. It, it has like really helped shape my quarantine time in a way because it, a sense of accomplishment before you even begin the day. Well, um, that was very helpful for me during this time. Yeah.
0: I agree. I, I feel that too. I'm like, wow, I really feel like I have my life together. Cause my bed is made. <laughs> There's something very little. I'm like, I am just so together. Cause I did this, you know, two minute task, but it is, <laughs> it's like, it's enough to give me like a little dose early in the day. Or I used to like say, like, it sets the tone. Like, I started mm-hmm. getting kind of weird about making my bed. Like I make my bed before I brush my teeth. Cause I'm like, it sets the tone. Yeah my days, my days together. Cause I already did something kind of nice for myself.
2: Yeah. And what I love too, is that we're three separate people and we have three separate kind of reasons for doing this, right. Which is the beauty of behavior change. And then also how we, how we approach it is very different. Like what, what's important about making the bed or why might be slightly different. Right. But we, we've all kind of adopted this habit. So that's another cool part of it. So we've
1: spoken a bit about developing like the good habits and the healthy habits. Um, and, you know, it, it we'd be remiss if we didn't ask in a podcast, a podcast about friendship, like, what do we do if we've seen or observed or learned that friends are doing unhealthy things or, you know, feeling un, in, in an unhealthy way, like do you have any suggestions on how you show up in a friendship um, when maybe you're in a friendship with someone that isn't on the path in any of these seven areas towards building your life.
2: Yeah. And that's always tough, right? When you have friends who might not be showing up for themselves in a healthy way. The first thing is you can't change someone. So that's a really important piece of it is that people have to want to show up for themselves and you can't force that. But what you can do is you can, you can show up for that person to the best of your capacity. You can, um, yeah, check in, I would say is a really big one. Check in with them, um, see what they need. And sometimes people just need someone to talk to, to listen to. You can model certain behaviors, like maybe you are making the bed every day and you can like chat about that if they want to hear about it. <laughs> but really, I think the biggest, the biggest piece is showing up and maybe there are things that you can do to help connect with that person that are kind of in this model. So, Maybe you can go for walks together or invite them out for a walk or invite them to try out rollerblading with you or, I don't know, schedule in like a a date to do something fun together that's code friendly, depending where you are. Um, That kind of fits into this, right? So I think it's more just about showing up and supporting them as best you can, but also knowing that you can't force anyone to do things they don't want to do.
0: Now, does the framework, like, does it work the same in trying to, like, dismantle bad habits? If you had a bad habit, like, do you try to think of it in a similar way where you're like, okay, well, I have six of the seven framework in this one's place. I I eat really well Monday through Friday, and then Saturday comes, and it's bedlam. And uh, how do I undo this habit? Like, because if it's for some people, to a habit, right? Like, how do yeah. you do undoing, even with
2: yourself? Yeah. With bad habits. Yeah. That one's, that one's a tough one too. So with bad habits, not necessarily tough, but if we're getting really specific about a specific, like a certain habit and you want to, to change that, you need to really think about, there's two important things I would say to think about. The first is the cue. So, um, what, what is, what's triggering you to do the habit? And the second is your environment. So what's going on around you, that's kind of maybe um, co- not causing the habit, but encouraging it. So perhaps Saturdays is the day that you're eating badly or whatever, I would first assess like, what's going on on Saturdays? Is it like a mindset shift? Like it's the weekends here. And that's kind of what's going on. Is it that your partners home more and suddenly they're cooking and they cook, you know, unhealthier foods? Or are you meeting a friend out for lunch or something like that? Like, What's the environment? What's the context? What's going on? And then from there you can start to figure out like how you can make the changes that you want to be making. The most important part first is to figure out what's going on and then you make the changes. But in terms of like the broader kind of framework, and if you're, you're doing really well, you know, six out of seven days, um, that again is coming back to your why and coming back to what what you want out of this. Do you want to be eating a certain way all seven days or are you, do you feel good? like having that one day where it's a little more relaxed. Um, And that's like a personal decision and figuring out what actually feels good for you um, in terms of that. I think that's a good point you touched on, which is like, it doesn't always have to be all or nothing.
0: People live on a spectrum.
2: Yes. I think that's super important, especially for people who might have like perfectionist tendencies. And when we're thinking about like, Improving ourselves and habits and behavior change and and all this sort of stuff, I think it can become very all or nothing. Like, I need to make the bed every single day, or I need to eat healthy every single day, or I need to, you know, do these things every single day. The reality is, we're human, we will miss a day or two, and that's okay. And I think how you treat yourself on those days is probably even more important than how you treat yourself the rest of the time um, because you will have those dates, right? And so one thing I like to think about is skip twice. And so I, I give myself like that day of self-compassion or that moment of self-compassion, like, okay, today, maybe I didn't make the bed. I wasn't feeling so great or whatever happened. Tomorrow I make it again. So kind of building that into it as well, because days will happen. You won't always be like a hundred percent, right?
1: Mm. this is so empowering and really useful um thank you so much Michaela we we'd love to dig in just a little bit deeper before we let you go on like kind of the why and how friendship is part of that healthier life that you've um so beautifully laid out for us and you mentioned that community and play that's kind of the spaces where friendship really um resides and it's part of that healthier life um maybe we, we dig in first just um l- loneliness and and really like that that big question here around i don't have a ton of deep real friends and so okay i want to build healthier habits related to community and play and friendship and all that good stuff but i'm super lonely like
2: wh- where do i get started that one i can empathize with it's hard it's really hard when you feel like you don't have those relationships you don't have those friendships and you don't know how to start you don't know like how do i get them how do i how do i even find that and so the first is to have that self-compassion and realize that it is hard. And it, it, that feeling of loneliness is valid. Um, and then the second is to, again, well, get clear on your why. Like, what are you looking for? Why do you want it? And then the third is to do some things differently than you're doing them currently, right? If nothing changes, nothing changes. And often that can be really scary, especially if you know you are showing up in a certain way and it's scary to do things differently. And so- Maybe just see, okay, I'm lonely. I don't have those deep friendships. Like, What are some ways that maybe I can start to create friendships in my life in some way? Um, And maybe that's DMing someone on Instagram or joining some sort of group of people who are doing something you're you're into. Like maybe for me, I'll join a rollerblading group or something, (laughs) see if I can meet people that way. Um, But stepping outside of your comfort zone just a little bit. And knowing, again, that what you do daily matters more than the intensity of it. So consistency over intensity, I think, even here. So if you, even if you're just doing a little tiny thing that's outside of your comfort zone more regularly, eventually things will shift in a different way. But it is scary, and it does take that that courage. It takes a little bit of courage to do that, to show up in a different way.
0: Yeah, do you ever find that, like, through finding your fun or through finding your purpose, you help to find your community. Like are some of these categories I would imagine are self-referring. Like I would maybe be better at having fun if I could loop in my community. Because Yes,
2: yes, definitely. No, I agree, definitely. And I think they all work together, right? Yes, I think also the more you work on your yourself too. So let's say you're not making any time for fun and you're just like working all the time and like stressed and all this stuff going on then maybe you you aren't even fully open for for the friendships that could exist outside of that because you're not you're not even making time for yourself, right? So it's like I think they all loop together for sure. Like as you make more time for yourself, as you make more time to to have fun, then maybe you start to have more fun with other people and you kind of they work together. Okay. That's helpful because like they're not silos. They're
0: like a self-referring loop of things you need.
2: Yes, for sure. Definitely not silos at all. They all they all intersect and intermingle. I mean, and there's probably even more things you could add. But I think those are a pretty good, <laughs> a pretty good starting point. I think they're, they're enough there. But they definitely work together more so than separately. You need to have these things exactly as they are. I don't know if I
0: have more questions about that. I think like that you wrapped it up so well. Yeah, I agree. Well, in that case, I think, you know, this has been so helpful. I think we covered so much ground. Um, you know, I feel like I'm, like empowered to go and like, I'm going to like make a, like a mini check box on something very attainable just so I can start with the first check. Um, so thank you so much, Michaela. Thank you for getting deep with us today. Uh, Hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Send us a note if you and a friend want to share your friendship story with a broader audience, and we will see everyone next time on Baskin Friendship.